0: Welcome to Getting Curious. I'm Jonathan Van Ness, and every week I sit down for a 40 minute conversation with a brilliant expert to learn all about something that makes me curious. On today's episode, I'm joined by Raika Zatabchi, Oscar winning director of Period, End of Sentence. We dive into the Iranian American director's career and how the film shed light on differences and stigma of a woman having her period, and how the PAD project fights for feminine hygiene around the world. Hey. Welcome to Getting Curious. This is Jonathan Van Ness, and this week I'm so excited to, uh, you are a first for, actually, you're way a bunch of firsts for Getting Curious, but you're the first Oscar winner here. Oh,
1: amazing. Um,
0: And, uh, which is major. And so, welcome to the podcast, Rika Zatopchi, the um, director of period, end of sentence, winner of documentary short at the 2019. 2019- Teen Oscars, and you're an Iranian American filmmaker. Yes. Now, this is one thing about you that I'm obsessed it was with.
1: Quite an introduction, was it?
0: Oh <laughs> my thank you. Did I nail it? You nailed it. Uh, um. Okay. One thing that I. Okay, so I saw Period End of Sentence today. I saw your acceptance speech. M- oh my god. Then I. She was just like busy, and I was doing this, and I was doing that. But then today, I saw it on the way here, on the plane. I was beside myself like you're such an incredible filmmaker the story that you told was so amazing if you guys haven't seen it you have to see it um but where i was going somewhere else with that that i got really distracted from your face because it's so pretty and i started thinking (laughs) about the no oh yeah this is the thing that i'm obsessed with you about just to lead off with is that i never really met you in the show or Mm -hmm. in period end of sentence like it's as someone who loves to hear myself talk, as evidenced by the first 30 seconds of this podcast. <laughs> um, you know, I this was about you telling, you know, the story of the story. And I it wasn't about like you necessarily, but I feel like your experiences must have shaped how you made this film and how you came to make the film, but that could be an essential, but I'm just guessing, but no, no,
1: no, no, that's spot on. Totally.
0: Uh, So tell me everything, but
1: it's not, yeah, you're right. And it's not about me. It's not about the, you know, massive group of people that kind of rallied behind the project. Um it it was my first time going to India. Um it was my first time learning about this issue of women and girls who, you know, are forced to drop out of school when they start menstruating because of a lack of access to sanitary hygiene products. Um and it was really my first time making a documentary as well. So for me, I went to India um, and I experienced Delhi. I experienced um, these villages and um, talking to a lot of women face-to-face and really getting in there and understanding what is the day-to-day experience for a woman um, in these rural areas having to deal with quick Quick cue. Yeah. How
0: – like when, when was this in like your –
1: This was two years ago. So you're twenty. 20- um, I'm 25, and this was right when I had graduated from USC Film School, Um, and and it was a lot of firsts for me, you know? Um, But going in there, it was like, I I think if and when you watch the film, you really get a sense of India. You get a sense of, like, through the sound design, through the way the camera moves, um, through the kind of... uh, uh, storytelling where we're just observing, you know, it's the, it's the subjects that are giving us a narrative, you really get a sense and feeling that you have been transported into a different, um, uh, different entirely different world. And that was really important for me as a director to convey um, because I think you need to arrive there to understand really what the weight of this taboo is and, and um, how much this pad machine is really affecting change.
0: I was immediately just like I knew what the premise of the of what the short is was about from your Oscar Oscars acceptance speech but I wasn't prepared to be like so completely moved from the experience of watching it it's 30 30
1: 25
0: 25 minutes um and yeah so green India is I didn't realize Mm -hmm. like it's it's so verdant and gorge and like it's visually very very beautiful and um but the way that you handled the translation I thought was really really interesting hmm. because you hear like the way that their language or because the language is Hindi Hindi mm-hmm. got it I totally knew that um <laughs> you know uh,
1: all good yeah
0: no but so the language is Hindi and you and you hear like you hear you are because are you speaking through a translator yeah How did that so work?
1: I actually I I was not the one conducting the interviews it was our Indian producer mandonikov uh-huh. so I'm sitting next to her um, and basically, we're having conversations in English, um, trying to sort of, you know, figure out what direction to take it in. She would have conversations with the subjects on camera. And then basically every, you know, 10, 15 minutes or so, she would kind of give me a little one sentence summary of what was just said. So that was a crazy experience for me as a as a director because I don't speak Hindi. I don't speak a word of Hindi. So coming back to the States was really when, you know, and getting all that footage translated was really when I was able to go with my editor, Sam Davis, go, oh, wow, this is what, (laughs) this is what we shot. This is like what we have.
0: Wow. That's mind blowing that that's how it went. So when you were, how long did you spend in India?
1: So we went there twice um, with a six months gap in between and total, uh, we shot about two weeks worth of footage, about 40 hours.
0: Two weeks of footage, about 40 hours. And then how Tell me about um, the machine. Well, I don't. Well, you guys, I guess you would have to pause right now and like watch them watch it because I want to talk about it because I just watched it. <laughs> but like, I guess if you don't want to spoil for you, then you're gonna have to like just press pause right now and then because we're gonna talk about it. Is right. that okay? Yeah, we're gonna yeah, talk about yeah, it. no, it's but, totally fine. But what I'm more interested in is like. How – like, tell me about, like, the movement that came up to, like, the machine mm-hmm. and, like, how people banded together and, and made this made this happen. But I guess to do that, we have to set up
1: – The origin story. Yes.
0: Oh, my God. Yes, director. <laughs> so, Help me direct this.
1: <laughs> so the origin story. So it started about six or seven years ago. Um, Melissa Burton, who is an English teacher at a school in Los Angeles, she went to uh, an annual conference put on by the UN called the Commission on the Status of Women Conference – and it was there that she learned about this issue. Um, and then it was also there that she learned that um, there's this Indian man named Mr. Anthem who has invented this machine that creates low-cost sanitary pads to combat this issue. Um, so when she came back to L.A., uh, she basically rounded up all her students who were all mostly girls. And she was like, this is this – is, absolutely mind-boggling that it's happening all over the world. Um, we need to do something about this and, you know, let's use our resources in LA to to make a documentary about this and to raise enough money to send a pad machine to somewhere that needs it. Um, so next few years, basically, her and her, her class um, started building connections and relationships with these other organizations, one of them being Action India, which is A Delhi-based organization that works with women on, um, you know, women, female empowerment and um, child labor, um, and and child labor issues, Um, and and so basically, Action India. Was able to give us the access to the village um, where ultimately this pad machine would be installed. So when I came in the picture, it was like a few years ago, and I just graduated, and I came on board and did a Kickstarter with the girls, and we raised um, enough money to send the pad machine to India and
0: And, shoot the film. And that was, and that's like what the pad. Project.
1: That's what, yeah. And out of that was born the PAD project, which is a nonprofit organization that lives on now. Um, but ultimately, the film sort of helped launch the PAD project.
0: So, who is the teacher from LA that went to India again?
1: Um. So i I went to India with Sam, who is our no, Indian but the teacher Editor. who went like
0: seven years ago. So,
1: so she went to the UN conference. And it was and Melissa, Melissa Burton, and that's yeah. where
0: she found out about this issue. Yes. And if you don't know what that issue is, honey, well, that is like. So okay, I'm getting curious. Our second episode whatever, this is kind of random, but stick with me. Yeah. My cousin, uh, I had her on to talk about Diva Cups because <laughs> she taught me what Diva Cups were when we were in the Philippines because she was working there and I like went there to go visit her mm-hmm. and she was working for this like organization and she like, w- and my, my cousin Sullivan is just like a bad ass, like she's kind of like you, except for... She, in my head she stopped aging when she was 25 but actually she's only two years younger than me so I think she's like 30 but in my mind she's like forever 25 uh-huh. um but yeah so she's really fierce and so i but she taught me about like diva cups and that's where I originally learned about this because like menstruation is taboo in in, multi, in several cultures. Like, it's an issue, like, in, in parts of um Africa, like, like in Kenya. Like, this happens to some people, and like, in Nepal. It
1: happens everywhere. I mean, it happens in the United States. It happens here. It happens here. Which is just
0: so mind-blowing to, like, yeah. my little baby gay- Well, actually, is it that mind-blowing to me? No, because I think I was vaginophobic until, like, six years ago. Really? Kind of, because, like, I thought that, like, I didn't know that I was. Mm-hmm. But, like, I is a gay man, I think when you're just, you know, well, growing up a gay man, mm-hmm. I don't really – know how hardcore I identify with the second piece now. But um because I think I'm I think I'm getting less gendery and like seeing the illusion of gender like the right. older that I get right. and realizing that I'm not fluid. Yes. Fluid. Yeah. Um but I think that growing up in the Midwest, I was so taught that I needed to fight really hard to like prove mm-hmm. who I was. So like when other boys would bring up, like Breasts or vaginas, I'd be like, ugh, like, ugh, not for me, honey. Right. Like, I'm like, and so I think that I became like a a vaginaphobic about mm-hmm. it. I wasn't like menstruation phobic, I was phobic. Mm-hmm. But I never would have like thought to like penalize or like think less of a woman for having like a she's. You're going through enough already. You're like, having to go. I can't, honey. You guys are so strong. Right. You know what I mean? Like, oh my god. So, but I, I yeah, the stigma that's attached to like menstruation is just. I can't even believe how life altering it is for it's, women.
1: It's uh, you know it's life or death in some places, and then in the United States, I mean, this was a huge discovery for me, and it, I, it didn't even really occur to me that much until after we made the film and we were doing our um our publicity campaign for the Oscars, where I mean there was like an article in the Hollywood Reporter that was published and anonymous Oscar voters thoughts on on the films that were nominated nominated, and and this man said no one's going to vote for period and a sentence because menstruation is icky and no one wants to deal with that. <laughs> so, I mean, that was crazy to learn that, you know, this is what this is what the mindset or the thinking was, at least from, you know, probably a small group of people in Los Angeles in our little bubble that we live in. Um, so so I just, you know, I, I can't imagine like I, you know, how really diverse this, this taboo is and how widespread it is.
0: I think it's so much more widespread and so much of a bigger issue than I ever realized that it was or could be and how much it's affected us. Because when girls can't learn and have like access to education, like there's so much like innovation and culture and knowledge and like just a wealth of knowledge to share. Like when we don't foster women everywhere, it's just Right. It's so. is just. But you, and it's
1: education. It's being afraid of your body, um, and what that can do to to you and your confidence. Um, as a as a woman, you know, you won't go out and do other things or pursue other things if you are afraid. Well,
0: in the in the short, there's a there's one subject who's talking about. How the fe- the feminist like the late, like what's her, what th-
1: I'm a little bit feminist. Yeah, I'm a little bit feminist. <laughs> Just a little bit. I she says. love
0: her. Yeah,
1: she's a school principal
0: because she has to be so radical, right? Like in her, like that's so radical for her to like think this way. It
1: is. Yeah.
0: And so it's in a way I feel like so often like women's bodies are weaponized like against them, mm. whereas like men's aren't really mm-hmm. in the same way. Which is I think something that's so gross about gender, honey. That's like gross because actually boys bodies can be very disgusting as what? we you know like I wish that it was like I wish that um, it was like my body dealing with an egg once a month as opposed to like the other hideous hideous things that it does like when you eat too much cheese or just like gross you know like boys can be just be really disgusting you know we just can't be um, we're gonna take a really big quick or really a little quick break we'll be right back with more getting curious after this Welcome back to getting curious. This is Jonathan Van Ness. So tell me about how you came in. We're gonna come back to we're gonna come back to period in a sense, but I want to talk a little bit about you and like, how did you come to become a filmmaker? and how did you learn that you wanted to tell stories?
1: Um, well, I grew up in a household where my sister was an actress, and uh, I was doing theater, and we just loved to watch movies for performance. And I remember, like my favorite movie growing up was Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, which I always think is hilarious because, I would never make a movie like that, but I love it.
0: <laughs> Cause you love the just going on the. I
1: just like identify as a Hobbit. Um, I I always did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> my uh, my friend Julie in the other room is freaking out right now. She's yeah. like her favorite movie of all time. She's like a favorite major. Movie. I
1: literally, I think it's a perfect movie. Um, but but basically, I was like, this is what like I want to learn how to do that. I want to learn how to make that. Um, and and I was fifth. Teen when I really got into filmmaking um, through my high school, um, I started taking a film class, and I had this high school film program, and um, I, you know, I made like a little music video, submitted it to a high school film festival, and all of a sudden, it like opened up this whole world for me, and you know, acting was no longer fulfilling me. I, I, I kind of discovered directing, and I was like, wow, I, I can have control over all of these elements in filmmaking and really craft you know, the, the story that I want to craft. Um, and then, and then, um, I started working in film really young and, um, and went to USC film school. I transferred to USC film school. Um, and that just, you know, opened up a whole, uh, another can of worms.
0: So it like, been you said you're Iranian American. Mm-hmm. So like you're, but like you're born here.
1: I was born in Japan. You're
0: born in Japan.
1: <laughs> I was born in Japan, but um, but yeah, I I was pretty much raised in Southern California my whole life.
0: And I mean, the only reason that I ask is that because I mean, I think from what I know of like Iranian culture, like Middle Eastern culture, like gender stuff is also highly charged. Maybe not in the same way that like menstruation, mm-hmm. but there's definitely like. I love that you're an Iranian American woman. Just like, honey, like you're blazing new things. Like you're an Oscar winning Iranian American. I know it's
1: it's funny. It's like things I don't even think about. Things that don't even cross my mind because I just like grew up in a very open household where my parents were never like you know trying to hide anything or they were very like, hey, talk openly and boldly about who you are and what you are and um and I was never um I would never shy away from those things growing up. So for me to even hear that. You know, I was first Iranian American to win an Oscar or female to win an Oscar, which is is like, I was like, these are not things that even crossed my, you know, would would ever cross my mind because I'm just like doing the thing that, you know, the story that I want to tell. And, and, you know, just it pours out of you. How did
0: you get that? Uh, or how did you come together with the pad project? Or, like, how did you get linked up with these people in order to get picked to, to be the director? So
1: one of our um, producers, Garrett Schiff, um, me and Sam Davis, who is a DPN editor and my boyfriend, we actually mm-hmm. knew Garrett.
0: Cute. <laughs>
1: yeah, we met first day at film school. Pretty, uh,
0: Oh, my God. And now you guys... Pretty
1: adorable. F- I know. We were, like, best friends for so long, too. And um, everyone was always, like, Why no is no one
0: else as shocked and into the stories I am? <laughs> I'm freaking out. I'm so into it. That's amazing. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: So okay. So you guys, my in agents school.
1: over there laughing. She so, knows. but then what happened? Um. So so. Where was I? What were we talking about? You guys about?
0: met at you guys met at film school. Oh yeah,
1: oh yeah, me and Sam. So we met at film school first day. And, and how did you get
0: picked for the movie? Or how did basically, you basically?
1: To- Sam knew Garrett, and we I had met Garrett like a year before, and um, so right when and he had seen our narrative work that we had done, Moderan, which is a narrative short, Iranian short that um, I had directed, written and directed. And Garrett had seen that, and um, he gave me a call like right when I had graduated. I was like a week out of film school. Um, and the funny thing is like like. I feel like I'm a kid and I feel like I'm constantly on the outside looking in like throughout this whole Oscars process too. Like two years ago, I was like driving for Uber and eating McDonald's every day because I was like trying to find a way to like pay my student loans and, and McDonald's
0: rent. is bomb. It's, like, like, <laughs>
1: McDonald's uh, saved me yeah, in a lot of ways. <laughs> it's
0: Taco Bell for me. Like I, it really like kept me – it kept nutrition in me when I couldn't afford right, it yeah. and – like it also and like and don't
1: it, and don't forget Wendy's. Oh
0: my god! Actually, no, because in hair school I lived next on a corner next to Wendy's. Yeah, and that dollar menu, like I that like five nuggets menu, and a, and that yeah. bacon cheeseburger yeah. and um and the cup of chili. You, like you I have to
1: stop because I can I'm never getting, do it again. I'm like salvaging, but
0: no, because right Wendy's I can't do it anymore because I actually <laughs> ate it so much. Like I it it, it right, even even like, a frosty I can't do anymore. You're sick of it. Now. I can't. But Taco Bell I don't think that that could ever happen to me. <laughs> but so anyway, so I. Identify with this experience, yeah. Uh, uh, with certain- and now I have
1: an Oscar, but yeah. It, it, you know, it's not like it's all that different, but it's. it's but it is. It, it, I mean, it is because there's, you know, a a, a future in in that, you know, and um, uh, I think the coolest thing about being in that place in your life is is kind of being fearless when it comes to the projects that you do and and just being like, this project speaks to me. I'm not doing it because you know I wasn't doing it because I was trying to make money. I wasn't doing it because um, for, for any reason other than I believed in it so much and I felt like, wow, I've never directed a documentary before. This will be a really cool experience. because yeah, that's how the best is the, way you learn.
0: How is the first, the thing that you just, the. The project that you worked on before there, in What was the name of it? Madaran. Madaran. Mm-hmm. How is was that like a was that like a scripted?
1: Yeah, that was um, a scripted short that I wrote, and it was based on a true story, and it was set in Iran, shot in L. A. Um, and I made that when I was in film school, um, and that was the first like big thing that I directed. But it was great. I mean, it opened so many doors for me. I did festival film festivals, and
0: do you think you wanted like did the experience of directing period end of sentence and doing documentaries like. Do you think that in your future you want to go more of, like, a documentary route? Do you want to do more, like – I
1: just want to do everything.
0: you just want to do everything?
1: Yeah, I mean, like – Because you're a creator. (laughs) It's funny. People are like, but it's so hard to cross over into the doc world. How did you do it? And I'm like, was it, like, you just – you just do. That's you know? kind of
0: what I feel like about my things, too. Like, yeah. I'm just like, I'm just going to do – I'm just going to
1: – Yeah, whatever the medium or format is, it's like, you know, you believe the story and you pick the format that's best for the story and you do that.
0: And I just like to make – I like to make art. Like, I just like yeah. – like, I love to make stuff even yeah. if it involves me, like, literally falling on my face publicly because right. I, like, didn't do it as cute <laughs> as I thought I could do it. Like, right. but that's part of it. But you did that and got an Oscar, honey, like, a new <laughs> thing which, is, which is really so fierce. But what did you learn about – I think in, in my experience with like queer, I like, I feel like a lot of people say like, you know, and not, I, I think that queer does do a lot of great things. And I, but it's like, I think sometimes people get this, um, this like sense that we've, Come farther than we have. Because like especially like in coastal America, like it's it seems like it's okay. But actually like there's like it's
1: it's its own bubble. I mean it really is. And it's it's great that you brought that up because like I was basically raised in Southern California my whole life. So I grew up sheltered thinking, hey, everybody thinks the way that I do, you know, if I'm gonna be bold about this, all you know, everybody else is gonna be bold about it. Um and then you go out of the country and then you go to like Middle America and you realize like, wow, there is a totally different culture here and um and and people really don't think the way that you think and we really uh have so far to go and you know just like to your point just because there's like a few shows in media or you know few um influencers or people that are really trying to trailblaze and and pave the way doesn't mean that you know there isn't like 90 percent of the other the the content in the industry that's out there that isn't doing that work
0: um i w- really quick break Welcome back to Getting Curious. Um, Okay, wait. So, which, basically, why, okay, so basically, like, um, hideous Mike Pompeo, like, Secretary of State, and then Donald Trump, like, they just, like, broadened the ban of, like, the, like, they, like, Trump, when he first went into office, did this thing where, like, if any foreign entity provided any sort of healthcare for women that involved abortions, like, they don't give money anymore. Mm. It's called, like, a gag order on something something. Um, It's, uh, it's, like, it's, oh, we're Googling it. Um, But, Now they, like, broaden that. And Mm -hmm. so when I was saying that, like, in terms of, like, LGBTQ rights or, like, women's rights worldwide, Mm -hmm. we definitely, like, in the United States, as far as, like, our government is is concerned, they're trying to come for, like, women's rights here Mm -hmm. and, like, women's access to healthcare here. And one thing that really struck me about Period End of Sentence is, like, if you want to talk about fake news and, like, misinformation, Mm -hmm. like – the stigma and, like, they – people in the documentary thought that menstruation was a disease. Like, they think that it's, like – there were certain people that thought that it was, like, a sickness, mm-hmm. like, that mostly affects women. Was that not, like, a line well, that most, I,
1: like – Yeah, I mean, some people think it's an illness. Some people think it's d- dirty blood. Some people – most people think that there's something wrong with their bodies. Um, and that's that's a lot of misinformation um, because – I mean, when you think about it, like culturally, when you can't enter the temple when you're menstruating, as a woman, you're growing up and you think, there must be something wrong with me. I mean, I'm not allowed to go to this place when I'm menstruating. So therefore, menstruation is bad. Um, And then on top of that, when no one is talking about it, um, you know, even on the most intimate level, like parents aren't talking to it. You their could really see that it. in yeah. this. I mean, like
0: best friends, like it seemed like there was instances of like, you know, two like right. adolescent girls, like you know, maybe 11, 12 or 13 like when I was 11 and 12 and 13 with my like little girlfriends, we were being nightmares. Like there was nothing we didn't talk about right. or didn't like show each other or like do something weird. You know, like but yeah. with with these little girls, like they like even talking about it in front of just the mere mentioning it mm-hmm. was like I mean, there was like giggling, I and mean, they it didn't seem like they were like traumatized. But they, it definitely wasn't like, oh yeah, we know, like we can talk about that. Like, no,
1: certainly not. And I remember, you know, in the fifth grade, my elementary school had like a parent night where like you come to this meeting with your parents, and they teach you about only girls, and they teach you about menstruation. They show you what a pad, they show you a tampon, they show you a pad, they show you what to do, and like that goes a step further from you know parenting. Um, and that really helped open me up too. And even with that kind of upbringing, like I'm still, you know, before this film, I was still embarrassed. I was still like, you know, kind of ashamed to go buy a box of tampons or pads.
0: I that is like I've been a, an assistant so many times in my career. Like I've just have been buying boxes of pads and tampons, or tampons and pads, or whatever, because I didn't know what I was buying for such a long time. It. Just buy them. They're gorge. It's fine, you know? Or a diva cup. Whatever you want to do, it's fine. Right, right. Oh, yeah. It's it's the global gag rule. That's mm-hmm. what it is. And they're, like, but that, the reason I brought that up was is just that since, like, the beginning, I saw this, like, meme that was, like, a picture of, like, an apple and, like, a snake, and it was, like, Adam and Eve, and mm-hmm. it was, like, like it, it was, like, the girl holding the apple. It was, like, we've been blaming women since, like, the beginning of time. Yeah. Which it's, like, so. this movie does kind of, I was, like, it's gender, gendered nastiness, like yeah. just sexism. That's what it is, sexism. Yeah, yeah not gendered nastiness. Yeah. It's called sexism. Well, I
1: like gender nastiness. I think that's pretty cool too.
0: So what else did you learn? Like what else? How can people help? Like what can people, other than like going and watching the movie, which I feel like we didn't talk about it like so much that they don't want to watch it, which is <laughs> good.
1: I hope it's a little bit of a tease. I mean, it's twenty five minutes. Like people can yeah twenty five minutes. Yeah, no that that <laughs> is
0: that, that does true. And we, that's like very much in our attention span. Yeah. I feel like right. Yeah,
1: now it is. Um. Uh, if anyone wants to get involved, you can go to thepadproject.org um, and our nonprofit, which I'm now a board member of as well as um, the other producers. Uh, basically, it serves as a resource for anyone who's looking to um, donate more funds to you know, help install more pad machines in different areas of the world and also to, to really serve um, as a resource and a way to start a conversation about menstruation. I think the most powerful thing we learned from this experience, this film – um, you know, being on the world stage now on Netflix and hundreds of countries all over the world is that it has ignited conversations um, all over the world. And conversation is really how you can, like, penetrate culture and and get in there and, and start to change the way people think.
0: Did you ever have, like, fear for – because, like, I, I loved how, like, this business model – like set up women for success and it like, and it empowered women to like that one scene when the girls, like I bought some clothes for my brother. And like, that's, it just speaks like so many different ways that like gender would impact our lives that like, I never even thought of, especially like when culture impacts your life like differently than like ours does in Western culture, you know, gender seems to be a bigger deal. Like it's like a starts you off even more dynamically apart in India. It seems like than it would here. Um, I forgot where I was going with that too. The ADD is really intense. I need to like watch the movie like a week before I didn't realize like how hardcore it was gonna be. But what have you, what did you like take from experiencing that as like coming up in like a Western culture and then seeing that? Like, what have you taken from that? Like, um, with the fact that you have 110 countries, I think, or 190 countries, there's only like four that Netflix doesn't go to. Isn't
1: it's, like, it more than 100?
0: It's like 190 oh, wow. or like 110. It's either Gosh, it's either so I think many. I think it's 110 million subscribers in 190 countries. It's wow. only not in North Korea. Like North Korea like there's like four. It's North Korea is one of them. Oh, China, North Korea, China, but in China they still get to it somehow with those little VPNs <laughs> right right or whatever yeah this is such important conversation that we're ha- or not we're having that you're having in this then this or is this business model going to be like replicated in other places like like saving up money like like that's what the pad project does
1: yeah totally and like this pad machine is not the ultimate solution it really isn't i mean it's really affecting since we've released the movie we've installed two more pad machines in neighboring villages but it affects only a really small area it's conversation that effects change. Um and that's the power of filmmaking, power of documentary filmmaking. It's helped spark this entire movement. The inventor of the pad machine actually didn't um it's an open source machine, so there are other people who have invented similar machines. So you know really anyone can can try to like contact one of these inventors and um and and try to help purchase one of these machines.
0: What love. And the but pad project it. and the pad project's already doing it. Yeah, and like how can we like I mean, oh yeah, that was my other question. Did you ever have like that one scene where it's like when the girl's like, oh, like at night, it's like not safe? Mm-hmm. Like, did you ever have like fear while you were there while you're oh making gosh, it? Do you have fear yes. for the women? Like
1: Yes. Crazy. It's like you don't understand your privilege until you experience that yourself. Like I we basically had to stop shooting when the sun would go down. I remember one time we had to like wait it out like another hour because we really it was like one of our last days we had to get b-roll desperately and i was like ready to go out with um with sam and um a couple of our other crew members and i remember sunil who was our sound guy he's he just looked at me he said no 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 stay and i was like what do you mean why can't i go out because it was like the sun was starting to go set as we were trying to shoot b-roll he's like stay not safe. So, um, because violence
0: against women. Exactly.
1: And so even though I'm like going out with a crew, um, and you know, there, there are some women and there's some men in our crew as well. Um, so I basically had to sit in the house, um, with, you know, the family while they went out and shot some B-roll. Um, and, and I just like, you know, I never realized like that women would be afraid to, like, go out into their own village, like, as the sun was going down. And a lot of these women have no choice. Like, that's where they have to go bury their cloth. They have to go at night and in, out into the fields um, because, you know, they're Cause too Because the embarrassed. shame, yeah. And there's no, like, you know, garbage management or anything, so or waste management.
0: So how can we, like, sometimes when I get really discouraged about, like, certain things in places, I'm like, Like, I mean, it's not with in terms of like menstruation. I feel like it was uh, more of like the Russia, like Vogue thing. I was like, Like they're so messed up to gays like in Russia with LGBTQ law, but then I was like, actually, we do a lot of messed up stuff to gay people right here, like a lot closer to home, and I could affect change and have that conversation, like, you know, make sure my backyard's clean before I'm like chatting about your backyard. So you're
1: you're from the Midwest. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Exactly. (laughs) A lot to do there. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yes. (laughs) Touche. (laughs) Um. So what can we do to like help destigmatize menstruation and like period shaming, like here?
1: My boyfriend says this all the time, and I think it's a great point. He's like, hey. I worked on this film. Uh, Men are 50% of the population. They're 50% of the problem. This isn't a film for women. This is also a film for men. Uh, And men are just as responsible starting these conversations as women are if we want to change anything. So I I think that's a really great point and something that we should lead with is like this affects everybody – um, I mean, it directly affects women, but if we want to change anything, everybody has to be, you know, comfortable talking about menstruation and everyone has to be on board.
0: Not to be selfish, but it really does directly affect everyone because, like, when I think about, like, the economic and, like, just knowledge ball that mm-hmm. we have missed out on mm-hmm. because, like, we haven't been allowed – like, women haven't been allowed to be educated in so many places. Right. Like, how many other – like, right cousin, beautiful – smart women have we, like, missed out on because, like, they couldn't go to school because, like, so this conversation is so important to continue to be had so that, like, like so that you can affect change, like, far and wide. Right.
1: Like, if I was from another place, I don't know if I would have had this type of, um, this trajectory. That's, I don't know if I would have, you know, done this work.
0: That's what I took some of from the movies. Like, how many people's stories, like, have we missed, like, women's stories have we not, have we missed out on through all of time? Right. Because of, like, the way that, like, there's just so many unfair things that, like, of uh, gender-charged things that affect women, like, so harshly. And it's uh, just so not fair. But I guess that's why I'm just, like, using my my little baby mouth to keep talking about as many things as we can. Um <laughs> So that's that. What else? Right guys. So what's next for you? What else have you learned from this movie? What, are, like what are, what else?
1: Well, I learned from this movie that I love documentary filmmaking and want to continue to make more. Um, I have a couple of projects in development, a narrative feature that I want to make. And what's that and mean? A doc, a, narr, uh, like so scripted uh-huh. feature film.
0: Got it. Got it. Got <laughs> it. Yeah. I, I also knew that too. <laughs>
1: and a documentary feature as well. So you're going
0: to um, go long.
1: Yeah. 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 Go long. Um, but also stay short. Um, I'm, you know, doing commercial work as well um, because. You know, I want to try to not sell products, but sell ideas. Yeah.
0: Oh, I love that. That's interesting. Would you ever go back and do like a like a follow up on like India and period end of sentence like later in like ten years or something?
1: Possibly. Yeah. I mean, one thing I'm really interested in now is like understanding um, menstruation, like because our film focuses on one specific, very small village in a very big country, but I'm interested in understanding like how do we look at menstruation as a whole across different cultures, Um, and and focusing on kind of different parts of the world as well. So that's kind of the work I want to do in documentary.
0: Ooh, series very much. (laughs) I love – that's so interesting, and I'm so fascinated by that. One other thing I want to talk – or ask you about from the movie, because I was going to ask about it earlier, but my – just we were on a flight from New York this morning in the ADD, honey. She's just really having a hard time focusing. Um, The translation, how you dealt with that in the movie, because, like, I thought it was really good. Like, I loved that I could hear, like, how Hindi sounds, but then, like, Mm -hmm. I wasn't distracted and, like, the leveling of it and everything. Mm -hmm. Like, wow. (laughs) Like, did you try it different ways? You're like, no, like, the Hindi's too loud. I'm distracted. Or, like, like the pacing of, like, when the English, like, speaks kind of is, like, laid over it. Like, Uh the pacing of it. Uh Uh-huh. Like.
1: Are we talking about dubbing here? Like, English dubbing? Did you watch it with dubbing?
0: No, I think I... Just watched on Netflix like the normal And it was way. just
1: with like Hindi. Okay. Cause like there's a dubbing option. So I was like. Oh, maybe
0: I did see the dubbing. Oh, you
1: did? Like there, you could hear English, right? Yes. Like there were girls talking in English. Okay. Yeah. That was a Netflix setting. You can turn that off if you want. And I, I think actually I like encouraged- her. <laughs> I'm so glad you liked it but I seriously encourage people if to turn, turn that off. you turn that off? Then, then would it would be
0: closed captioning. <laughs>
1: yeah, it would just be closed captioning. The film was like originally made just with subtitles cuz <laughs> personally like as a as a filmmaker Tell, to yeah, talk to me about there, that. it's really important for me to like have like our like us our voice as filmmakers out of the picture. Um, I don't want to influence the narrative in any way as a filmmaker. I don't want you know no part of our backstory of how this whole thing started should be a part of this film. The film is like a standalone on in, in and of itself because it's so it's the women's story, the women in India and this work that they're doing. The dubbing feature is just like you know an additional feature um, that Netflix um, you know allows just since it's playing in so many different countries you know if, if there are people who can't you know are illiterate or um prefer not to read then there's a dubbing option where it didn't can distra- English it,
0: it didn't distract me like I I That's good yeah like it didn't distract me at all and I I, I really um yeah like i I think so a lot whatever
1: of, it is you like about the film, I had nothing to do with
0: <laughs> no no i I mean no, I mean the story and the way that it was like yeah. shot, I mean, it's like in it was so incredibly moving and the way that you tell the story is so moving, but I just the way that like you ask the questions and the way that you can just you're in the room
1: right. I just observational documentary, you know, there's like there isn't a narrator, there isn't like anybody imposing a narrative. It's just our observing our subjects and kind of really asking them the question like what are what are your thoughts on menstruation and um letting them kind of carry that narrative through
0: that's like what i would that's the part that i liked queen <laughs> that's like what i because like that's, that's what i so was trying good. to say no. earlier when i was yeah. like that it wasn't about i mean i loved learning about you but yeah. it's like it wasn't like i couldn't really hear your voice like i didn't hear the person right, ask, like right. sometimes that you would when it's like tell them like right, so, right. just say it like right. which but that wasn't dubbed like that was really the person when you hear that right when like right. yeah right yeah yeah, yeah. Oh my god, you guys have to watch it. It's so good. <laughs> thank it you. really is. Um. Well, no, I was like saying that to the people. Like, thank you. Like, you guys listening right now. Like, I'm pointing at the microphone. You guys need to watch it. So, guys, drop my phone. <laughs> no big deal. But, yeah, you guys need to watch it. But, like, I thank you so much for coming and giving me your time. And thank and,
1: you so much. I'm wait, a very big fan.
0: Uh, wait, I have. I just I have one more question. So, really, it was 40 hours of footage shot with six months in between, and mm-hmm. then like one week each.
1: Um. Yeah. And oh, then you yeah. came,
0: and then you edited all of it once you got back home? Yes. Wow. Yeah. And then you're like, I got, and this is like, I got a story here, but you didn't really know that you had that story when you were there.
1: We had a general idea of like, okay, we shot these women, and and this was their backstory, and um, and the machine arrived, and they were trained. Like, you know, we we knew those things, but as far as like golden sound bites and like really getting deep into the narrative, like we didn't know that until it was all translated.
0: So when you were observing, I'm so glad I didn't stop when I was going to. So when you were observing it, you like didn't like did the did the weight of the taboo of menstruation and the lack of understanding about what it even is, did that hit you then at all? Like did Absolutely.
1: You have- like, and I think this is crazy because I don't speak Hindi, but I come from a narrative directing background. Like the only work that I had done leading up until this point was three different narrative shorts that I had shot, scripted shorts that I had shot. So I love to direct and watch human behavior. That's what I do. You know, watch human behavior, try to, try to direct it and replicate it. In my narrative work, so I was sitting there like just watching behavior because I couldn't understand what they were saying, and I, I, I could observe when they didn't want to go that direction. I could observe like when the fear set in and when they felt empowered, and, um, and especially for, in
0: that school scene, yeah, that so, one girl who like wanted to like she started to talk, right? You because you were or, in that room and that yeah, because
1: the teacher asked her the question, um, um, asked her to uh explain what menstruation is. And she actually stood up um and and then when she stood up she was having a really hard time answering the question. Interesting thing is now like the school is basically honoring her um uh, for being so brave to Ugh. to to stand up, which is which is awesome and um and and was crazy is like the women who are the main subjects of the film, Sneha and Sumanji and um, Shabanaji and Sulika, they are now, like, celebrities in did India. Did she,
0: did she, um... So
1: she took the test, the exam for the police force, but she hasn't heard back yet. Uh, My point is, like, it doesn't really matter whether... It doesn't. She, it doesn't matter because she's going to be, like, president one day. She is, like, such a, she's a queen. Uh, she I really love... Is.
0: Her story was so major. She, her story was the one that really, like, like that's when the, like, one and a half inch wide waterfall sheets of tears, like, started pouring on the plane. <laughs> Yeah, her story was so incredible. Yeah,
1: she's very cool.
0: Yeah, gender, honey. She's like, because as much as I want to like not subscribe to it, it's like it affects so. I mean, even mine, but it affects so many people's lives in like really profound, unchangeable ways. Especially if you don't have like a family, like a tight knit someone around you to protect you or help you out of whatever circumstance you were born into. Right, a
1: community.
0: Yeah, like you, it it can really profoundly completely determine before you even got there, like, what, how far you're going to go or, like, what you're going to be able to have opportunities to do. Right. So rude of humans. Like, right. I wish we could just, like, empower everyone more to thrive more. Right. Like, it's not our fault. We're all, like, gorgeous and multifaceted, talented things. Yeah.
1: You know, people, nothing. Just, like, don't put people in a box.
0: Yeah. Um. Joyce Meyer, this televangelist who has quite a story, she always says, like, don't put God in a box. Mm. I think that's really that's important.
1: That's really cool. Because, really like, you just – because, like, two yeah.
0: years ago, if you would have said to you that you were going to be, like, do, you know, an Oscar winner with all these cool new projects and able to, like, pursue your dreams and tell the stories that you want to tell, like, if I would have – if anyone would have told me three years ago or two years ago that I would be doing the things that I'm doing, I wouldn't have believed it. Right. And I think part of that is because, like, I didn't necessarily, like, know that this was going to happen, but I mm-hmm. did not not think that it couldn't happen.
1: Right. Right. Like
0: maybe I could become super successful someday. Like right. I just kept working towards like the next thing that I was passionate about, and it sounds like that's what you do too.
1: I think we all, I mean, as artists, I think that's what we all have to do.
0: Just like stay focused on what you're passionate about. What else? How has it just been like a 25 year old like <laughs> like 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 creator like and uh, like like one other closing well, cool. thought? I like,
1: feel like there's a lot of opportunities now for people like me. <laughs> I just, um, I, you know, and I'm I'm super excited about. it. I think there's a lot of like creators now, or people that have a lot of power in the in- industry, are now like paying attention to pe- to diverse voices, um, to women, young people, to you know, people of color, to to really diverse voices, and that's a um, really exciting. I you know, I feel really lucky to be in the industry and kind of entering into the industry at this time. Um, because because it's like there's there's more opportunities I think than than there ever has been, um. So I feel really grateful about that, and uh, hopefully we can um, you know, we can do more good things.
0: Last two sound bites. Where can people follow you? Where can people find you on the gram and on the Twitter and stuff?
1: So you can follow me on Instagram, right, cause it's at at, at right, Choose my handle. You and, can ask Google how to spell it. But we'll, no, we'll have the
0: link. We'll have the link on this episode description. Oh, so click that. That's awesome. Are and you I'm active on, on there? I,
1: I am, and I'm. I was like one of the first people like on Twitter. So Ooh. follow me on Twitter.
0: I still struggles <laughs> with Twitter and like how to really use it. And then um, this, I swear to God, last soundbite. I may have buried the lead. You're like, oh my god, I really want to go. Um, <laughs> What was it like winning that Oscar? Like they say, the <laughs> nominations. You're sitting there, your heart's beating out of your chest. Was the hairdresser's acceptance speech as bad in person <laughs> as it seemed on TV?
1: I honestly like wasn't even paying attention. I was like,
0: didn't you notice that theirs took forever though? and They had to get played off the stage.
1: Uh, I did notice that. Not yeah, to but, throw homegrown to the best. I was like, you know what?
0: They almost wrote that. Epi- they almost wrote them out of the pot or out of the telecast. And then the hairdressers go up there and give the worst cringiest, most boring speech I've ever seen in Oscars history. And thank God the girl that won for costumes came in, totally saved the day, gave a great speech, but no one was prepared for your speech. So anyway, you're sitting there.
1: Yeah, we're sitting there and they actually tell you like at the Oscars luncheon, they're like, you have 45 seconds. Keep it brief. And they show you an example of a good speech and an example of a bad speech. <laughs> so it's pretty – they like prepare you for that moment um, if you're so lucky to have it. But they basically moved us to like the front row. A few – like all the Doc Short filmmakers, a few categories before ours was announced. So oh, that but all five people get – yeah, basically all five So it wasn't just you. No, no, no. So you don't just, really know. No, no, you really don't know. There's only like two people in the whole world that know. Um, it's the accounting firm that knows. Oh, because
0: we can't have that fiasco again. Right, we cannot have that fiasco.
1: So, yeah, I mean, I was like kind of like a stone because I was just trying to like – you know, I was on my period. I was. Bloated. Were you really? I was on my period. Oh my
0: god, the madness! I love that. Good for you, period fucking power. Winning a fucking Oscar in your fucking period. Yes, we love it.
1: I was like bloated, and I was like.
0: But so contour to the gods. Contour so, to the gods right, though, hon. You looked right. fucking slave, okay. girl. You looked amazing. Thank you. I would have never known. Thanks to
1: my sister who did my hair and makeup. She
0: really worked it out, hon. You looked amazing. She's so, amazing. But your heart was just beating out of your chest as they yeah, announced the categories. Yeah, and I was just like,
1: I am, like, I can cry any minute and I'm not going to be a mess this entire experience. So I was just like, I'm, nothing will affect me. Nothing will affect me. Until they announced it right that moment. And I'm just like, ah! I went like I yeah I mean you saw uh, me like I uh, went crazy I was like shouting the entire speech uh. And now, you- now I listen to it, I'm like, I really wish I wasn't shouting.
0: <laughs> no, but because did, did you, were you just so shocked? Like, did you think that you had a chance or were like...
1: I mean, you just don't, you really don't know. You know, you you really just have no clue. Um, And, and it's a shorts category too. So like whatever predictions come out and are published beforehand, doesn't really matter because it's like the shorts and and less people pay attention, less voters pay attention to shorts in general. Ew. So so hopefully more people will pay attention to shorts now because, you know, that's where Content is leading. Content's going that way. Yeah, that yeah. things getting shorter. <laughs> we don't.
0: We can't pay attention. Um, thank you so much for sharing your experience with us and telling us thank about you. that. And like. I can't wait to see what other work you do I also want to see that first movie uh, must get link must download going to iTunes is it on iTunes can we find no, it no
1: it's not but I can we need to tell
0: no but honey she's an Oscar winner now we gotta call Apple yeah I know we gotta call Spotify we gotta get that movie up on Hopefully
1: there someone's
0: gonna buy that short $7.99 okay. honey $21.99 <laughs> that's a really expensive short $19.99 I don't think better know you're worth queen now your you're an Oscar winner at $25 <laughs> in fact I think it's $35 for a short
1: Jonathan will you be my manager uh, yes
0: absolutely <laughs> and I'll only do like like 3% queen because I see your potential. Oh my You know what gosh. I'm saying? Buy sale. Um, thank you so much. Thank you. Oh my this God. is so
1: much fun. <laughs>
0: You've been listening to Getting Curious with me, Jonathan Van Ness. My guest this week was Rika Zatabchi. You'll find links to her work and the Pad Project socials in the episode description of whatever you're listening to the show on. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Curious with JVN. It's got all the backups. It's got all the new knowledge. It's got all the things that we're looking at. So make sure you follow at Curious with JVN. Our theme music is free by Quinn. Thank you so much to her for letting us use it. If you enjoyed our show, introduce a friend, show them how to subscribe. Getting Curious is produced by Cody Ziegler Emily Bosick, Julie Carrillo, Ray Ellis, and Colin Anderson.